Welcome, everybody. We are live. We are live. My name is Jason Aponte. I am Andrew Pasquini. We're working. That's it. We're working over here. That's it. Let's go, Niners. Let's go, Niners. Oh my goodness, what a day it is, what a day it is, New Sprint Red Option Podcast. I'm Andrew Pasquini, joined as always by the wonderful Jason Aponte, and we just want to open up Toby. Toby, what amazing things to come up to. Uh, we appreciate the donation. A uh, huge, huge shout out uh, to you. We love you. We appreciate it. Thank you. That That's a wonderful thing to open the stream with, and uh, it means the world to us. It absolutely means the world to us. Jason, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Uh, shout out to Toby. Appreciate the generous donation, my friend. And we will start the show with your question. Why you guys are here, like this video, subscribe to the channel, hit that notification bell. Wherever you get your audio podcast, make sure that you guys are subscribed to the Sprint Right Option podcast on Apple, Spotify, anywhere that you get your podcast, you'll be able to find us there as well, too. But Toby, we have to start with your question. I mean, the generous donation, we're going to give you exactly uh, what you want here. Uh, Toby wants to open this up with a good discussion here, and I think this is kind of where we were going, Andrew. You think Trey Lance could be a top 15 quarterback by the end of the year? Toby, that is exactly in smack dab in the middle of the range of outcomes. Do I think it's likely would be, I guess, the best way to phrase it? I do think it's likely, especially when it comes to the coaches around him, the weapons that's around him, what he'll be asked to do in terms of play. Top 15 isn't exactly as hard as you think it is because I feel like after 10, 11 through 16 and are all interchangeable on certain weeks. If the kid can grow, show a little bit more, show that that leadership that we're going to talk about, too, because we're here to talk about OTAs and nothing but OTAs. Nothing but OTAs. Nothing but OTAs. So all those leadership qualities that we are going to laud, if they translate to the field even a little bit, I think it is highly likely that Trey Lance will be a top 15 quarterback, starting with a hot take. Let's go. Andrew, what do you think, man? I absolutely agree. And I, I, I hate to pick the, lo- the low-hanging fruit here. Kyle Shanahan took Jimmy Garoppolo and turned him into a top 20, some weeks top 15 quarterback, right? Trey Lance has the skill set. He has the athletic ability to be even more than that, especially in a system that's going to make him better than what he is. Because Kyle Shanahan, that's what he does. He makes players better in his system with his game planning, with his scheming. Trey Lance is going to have open receivers all day. And if, if we can get what Trey Lance was in the second half of that Houston game consistently, top 15. Top 15 isn't that crazy. Top Because you, you talk about the NFL, we're talking about a tier. If we're going off of Vish's tier list that he had yesterday, Very shout out Vish. List. Very, Very solidly. List. I would have had Jameis one tier higher. I'm biased, but that's okay. That's fine. You, you have five guys elite. You have the next five in the top ten. And then after that, it's a kind of a smorgasbord. And I use that word. That's a good word. It's a smorgasbord quarterbacks that really are interchangeable. So absolutely, Trey Lance can be a top 15 quarterback by the end of the year. I don't think that's too high of an ask, if you, especially if you utilize his physical talents because we know he has those physical talents. They're there. He has the arm. He has the legs. He has the ability. If you can get him to skip you know, the, the growing pains of a rookie quarterback, because he is a rookie quarterback. Let, let's just let's speak about it like that. He is going to be a rookie quarterback this year. I know he played two games. He's only, what, 22, 23 years old? If you can get those growing pains out of the way early, absolutely. Because we're already talking, I mean, 
I, I hate to make the comparison, Jason, but Mac Jones, he's probably already in that top 15 area. Why can't Trey Lance? So yeah, absolutely. I think Trey Lance could be a top 10 or top 15 quarterback. Ooh, went a little too far there. A little mm. uh, top 15 quarterback. Absolutely. Toby, we appreciate the donation. We love you. Thank you very much. Absolutely going to take your question. And let's start with Trey Lance. Uh, thank you, uh, DJ Sage. Um, we OTA start. Most of the information we have is Tuesday, correct? We we don't have too much outside of Tuesday. So that, that's what we're going to run off of. And it's not an end-all be-all. Obviously, we are in May. But it's a good starting point to know where the Niners are at, kind of what their ideas of what things are running. I'm just going to run through the list of the players not in attendance before we dive into to Trey Lance because that's – quote unquote the most important news who wasn't there uh the six guys who weren't there Debo Samuel Nick Bosa Alex Mack Kyle Juszczyk Ambry Thomas and Fred Warner was there he but he did not participate in anything so there's your six guys not there we know why a few of them aren't there uh Alex Mack we're waiting on Nick Bosa doesn't need to be there he does his own thing the Niners are fine with it Debo Samuel was at the Warriors game last night he's not going to be anywhere else that's okay. We're still waiting. Stop on taking that pictures news. of Debo Samuel. Stop taking pictures of Debo Samuel when he's not looking. If you ask for him for a picture and he says yes, go right ahead. But when he's not looking, let's not do that. So let's get into what actually happened on the field, and then we'll get into the press conference stuff because that's the other half of the exciting things. Trey Lance. Let's start with him. Uh, I know a lot of people are excited about throwing stats early on. From what I saw, I saw sixteen out of eighteen. I saw fifteen, 15 out, out of seventeen. 17. Seventeen seven on sevens. Take it as you may. I'll take it. I like it. What I will say is what I saw on Twitter. He threw mostly underneath passes. 49ers first takes. Thank you for the donation. Uh, this one's for you to read, I believe. Yeah. What's up, my fellow New York brother? So freaking happy you're doing your thing, Jason. Keep bringing the filthy and go Niners. Yeah, for sure, man. New York in the building. Yeah, fellow Yankee Niner guy, man. 49ers first take. Great guy. Make sure you subscribe to his channel as well. He's got great content. So Trey Lance, he threw mostly underneath passes, and he the two passes he missed, he missed high and wild. And I know that's a concern because if you go back to the Arizona game, Jason, his very first his first career interception was a pass. I believe it sailed over Ayuk's head. I'm probably misremembering that, but it, it was the same issue. Kind of went high. It, it was a little wild, and that's the give or take with a young quarterback with a very strong arm, right? You're going to have some of those passes that sail and ideally it's not going to jump into the arms of a, a Arizona Cardinals defender. Right? So is it something I'm concerned about yet? Absolutely not. It's May 27th. I'm not concerned about any of it yet. I'm more excited about the 15 out of 17, but even that excitement's very limited because it's once again, on the other side of it, Jason, it's May 27th, not worried. So I don't know where you want to go with the Trey Lance exactly. I think more more good than bad, really. I think the 15 out of 17, I know there's a lot of conversation about his accuracy. 15 out of 17 tells you it's, there's pretty good accuracy there. And I know there's a lot of talk about his uh, uh, throwing motion. My untrained eye, it looked totally fine. His quarterback coach, he talked about it. He said there was no significant modifications after 2021. And if there's going to be any significant modifications, it's going to be in next week, a couple weeks. I think he's supposed to go back down to Orange County and work with his quarterback coach. So I'm not going to lose sleep over the throwing motion either. It looked fine to me. And and I think the throwing motion is a bit overblown. I, at times, Patrick Mahomes has very bad mechanics. But you know what? He gets the job done. You know who had very bad mechanics and is probably going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback? Philip Rivers. So that's a little bit overblown. 
there's many quarterbacks who have great mechanics that can't get the ball out at the right time. And what I noticed a little bit more was that the ball was coming out faster. So that's all that matters at this point. There's different ways to do it. And and for me, I, I said this on Locked On yesterday, and I'll reiterate it here on my own podcast. It's like when you guys play pickup basketball or if you play baseball with someone, they don't have the nicest swing, but the swing results in a double, a homer, a base hit. Who cares how it looks? Get it done and get it done in your own way. Same thing with it with basketball. There's a guy who's got this ugly form, but every time he throws it up, it goes in. Now there's this guy with this great form who misses half the time. Who cares? Get it done and get it done in your own way. It's a little bit overblown at this point. What the OTA should be for is it was helmetless one. Yes. Two, there's no pass rush, but this is time for you to work on the things that Trey Lance, let's be frank, needs to work on. He does have strengths. He does have weaknesses, just like every single quarterback does. You're not going to turn that weakness into a strength. You just have to build up that weakness, whatever it is. It's very hard to turn a weakness into a strength. If a guy is inaccurate in space, in short spaces, then that's not going to become a strength. You just have to button that up and, and, and get it as close as you can to a strength. If you can turn it into that, that's great, but you shouldn't expect that. So for that, I don't really look too far into those things. The one thing that I will point to, and this was said on the Haberman and Middlecoff Friends of the Podcast, Haberman and Middlecoff Podcast was they were at the OTA and they felt everything that they saw was a complete shift to Trey Lance. And that was what I really was happy about, that it's not something that they are trying to run where they're going to install somebody else into it. And we'll talk about that. Obviously, we'll get to that. But it felt like this is completely turned over to the kid. And that was really what had me excited. And you kind of saw it at the press conference. Mm-hmm. He had oh. the he had the confidence, the exuberance of a young man who has been told, this is your job. This is your team. Go put a chokehold on it and, and make it happen. And that's what I took away from that. Yeah, and, and I mean, if you want, since we, we're going to talk about what Kyle Shanahan said, since we're talking about Trey Lance, might as well let's talk about what he said at the press conference. Just real quick, Jason, I got bad news for you. Trey Lance doesn't care what we think, and that's a good thing. If you haven't seen the quote, it's a little bit of a long one, so bear with me. Quote, and this is Trey Lance, quote, in the most respectful way possible, it does not change how I feel about you guys as people, but it's not my job to care about what you guys say or anyone else on social media. For me, I care what the guys in the locker room think, what my coaching staff thinks. At the end of the day, that's my job. You guys, unfortunately, aren't the ones making decisions for me or really have any effect on me again in the most respectful way possible. But I know everyone's got strong opinions one way or another. Like I said, I'm going to go out and try to prove people wrong, prove myself right, but I'm doing it for the guys in the locker room. That is starter type stuff to say. That is a guy who has been told what the situation is. And the honestly, the amount of times he said respectfully, it made it feel like there's a little disrespect behind it. And I'm okay with that. Like, that's totally fine with me. But he, he's carrying himself with the confidence of what you want out of a starting quarterback in the NFL has. And I think there were things said in uh, Kyle Shanahan's press conference that tells you things have been told to him. And I think the quarterback coach said something that we'll dive into in a little bit later. We'll get to the press conferences later. Uh, Trey Lance is carrying himself with with the confidence a starting quarterback should have, and that response is what you want to hear. And and what's more impressive is he's 22 and he's he's carrying himself with that type of confidence. That's what you want to hear. Obviously, 
We're more concerned about what he does on the field than what he does in press conferences. But you can absolutely win and lose press conferences. And I think right now, he's 1-0 in press conferences as the starting quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, there are scripted answers. There are PR answers. There's cliched answers. There's robotic answers. Nothing about what he said felt robotic. It felt organic, and it felt like something he wanted to get off of his chest. He was gleefully and respectfully. I have never heard someone as respectfully tell an entire group of people to kiss his ass. I don't care. And I've never heard a young man come up to the, the, stadium, the podium and use that and, and be the man. You would have thought he has been doing this for 10 years. That, and I think everybody here that is watching this that knows anything about quarterback play. Now, do you know about San Francisco 49ers quarterback play? It goes what goes on the field, but there's more to it. And that's the part that you needed to hear. And, I, you know, look. 16 of 18, 15 of 17, cool. Yeah. But I needed to hear that. And that was way more satisfying than any number that could have been put out there, especially when there's no video of any of that. So, yes, Trey Lance respectfully told all his naysayers, kiss my ass and watch me work. I loved it. Beautiful. Yeah, and and as we said, the stats, whatever, right? It's seven on sevens, no, no pads, no contact, no nothing. It's those type of things. I think the way he carried himself is the biggest takeaway from OTAs, from Trey Lance. And Jason, let's move into what I think is the biggest things we can take away from OTAs. And that's the rotations, how people, what what teams people were on. And there was three positions that stood out to me. And I two of them are pretty obvious. The offensive line, safeties, and then also the running back rotation. We'll get to running backs last because that's not as important as the other two. So keep this in mind. There was no Trent Williams, no Alex Mack, no Daniel Brunskill, no Mike McGlinchey, three of the four dealing with injuries, or two of the four dealing with injuries. Trent Williams doesn't have to be there. Alex Mack, we don't know what's going on. So here's what the Niners were running. First team left tackle was Colton McKivitz. Left guard was Aaron Banks, which take that as note because that's a position we've been talking about a lot, the guard position. Center was Jake Brendel. Right guard was Jalen Moore, and right tackle was Justin School. Justin School, he got hurt last year in OTAs. He's back. And look at him, more of a Daniel Brunskill type. He's going to be a depth rotational guy, very important to see. He's playing tackle, and Jalen Moore is kicked to the inside. The Niners see him as an inside guy, but he can't play outside, so keep that in mind as well, seeing these rotations. The second team, left tackle was Sam Schuler. The left guard was Nick Zakel. The center was Keaton Sutherland. The right guard was Spencer Burford. The right tackle was Jalen Moore. So there you go. There's Jalen Moore mm-hmm. doing a little bit of both, right? There's how the Niners see him. Guard first, tackle second. And then the third team, left tackle was Schulter again. Left guard, Jason Poe. Center, Donovan West. Donovan West squad right here on this podcast. Uh, right guard, Spencer Burford. And then right tackle, Alfredo Gutierrez. And two things I'm going to take away. Spencer Burford getting plenty of reps. That's a guy the Niners might be excited about. He could be in a spot, especially if Daniel Brunskill gets hurt, things like that. He could be a guy who plays a little bit. And then obviously the Jalen Moore, right guard, right tackle, getting a little bit of both. I think that was one thing the Niners really emphasized in this draft as well as last year's draft was guys on the offensive line that can play a little bit of two positions on the line. And and you see that already with what Brunskill and Skull are. 
right? Because they're, they're guys that the Niners rotate a bit. Obviously, there's only one spot on the starting line right now that's available, maybe two, depending on what you have with Alex Mack. I thought it was interesting. Brendel was this, the first team center, but there's a world where Donovan West could be that first team center as well. This is just the first week of, of what it is, but it's interesting to see what Kyle Shanahan and the coaching staff thinks of this offensive line and where they're at. My two takeaways, as I said, Moore and Burford getting plenty of snaps and obviously Burford at one spot, but more getting two different positions, getting the snaps there. Snaps are important in OTAs, and, and that's where they are. Yeah, and Cole McKinnis played left tackle in the biggest game of the season, the season finale mm-hmm. for Trent Williams. I think that's lost on this. And it's very good to see Aaron Banks in his spot. We thought that. And Jake Brendel was somebody that we completely glossed over. We just assumed, and maybe that's true, Daniel Brunskill got a vet day, which I think is more telling than here we go with, you know, who's playing where and things like that. But – with Jake Brendel, that's actually a good sign in terms of how they feel about him. And he will be competing for that spot if Alex Mack doesn't come back, which, you know, Kyle Shanahan said he's got a good idea. We should kind of know, which I don't know what the hell that means. Anyway, uh, Jalen Moore, uh, right guard, right tackle that moves around. Justin School is a little bit forgotten. I think the last time that we saw Justin School playing football was that COVID game in 2020 when he had to play left tackle when Trent Williams was out as a close contact. And uh, I, and he was injured in OTAs, like like Andrew talked about. So, yeah, Burford getting a lot of reps, that's really good. Jalen Moore getting a lot of reps is good. But, again, this is day one of media availability, day two of OTAs. This isn't the end-all, be-all. It's not nothing, but it is a little something. It is yeah. just a little something. Yeah, so I think that's the best part about this. So let me take this uh, comment from uh, Armad here, uh, Gamma Brand. Bigger OTA overreaction, in your opinion, 49ers O-line is ill-equipped to protect Lance for 17 games, or Jason Aponte is secretly going for Brian, Brian Peacock's job on Locked On 49ers. I'll tell you this. Brian Peacock, watch your back. Watch your back, <laughs> my friend. Watch your back. <laughs> no, uh, honestly, it was really cool to fill in for him yesterday, man. He's somebody that I really look to. He's an absolute legend. Be able to lock on 49ers with Croc, that was a blast, man. I'm not taking that mixed spot at all. That man is very secure as much as it was just a spot start in baseball or you know you know a quarterback needs a a, a week off but he's not getting his job back i'm dare, not wally I, i'm not wally pipping or dare, you know or, dare or i say jason aponte is the nestor cortez of 49ers twitter <laughs> oh i like it i like it but uh in in terms of the old line the one thing that i think that people forget is there is going to be a different style to blocking on the old line with trey lance as there is a quicker timing thing with with Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance is going to make things happen later on. So there will be an adjustment period with that. That's very interesting. And that's going to be something that we're going to have to look going forward to uh, look at my guy here. Uh, Jordan Elliott, best in the business, by the way, guys, make sure that you subscribe to his channel and make sure that you tapped in with all of his content on Niners nation. Just here for Andrew's hair and JKBG's comments. JKBG on my live show made me turn off my stream at the end because I couldn't stop laughing because I made a point about, opinions and how opinions can be wrong and as usual he takes over the chat with one of the best yeah. the best comments real quick and uh not by nature this is the only channel that i know that doesn't ask us for money and memberships thank you jason and andrew and thank you jason for your prayers over us in uh south texas yes you know that that uh yeah i got a little emotional on wednesday stream with brad and that's something that kind of touched me but uh yeah all i can do is right now inform myself and send out good thoughts and things like that um Best podcast in the land, Wonderland. Let's go. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. So, uh, yeah, Andrew, wherever you want to go with this now, it's up to you, man. 
Well, let's move to safety. Safety is another position of intrigue, more or less the, uh, I guess the the strong safety. I know the Niners don't really do the whole strong safety, free safety thing, but the Niners, the way they lined up first team safety, Jimmy Ward, obviously going to be there. I don't see why he wouldn't. The other spot, Talanoa Hufanga, I know you and I have our concerns, but it's, it's, it's May just kind of seeing what things are. The second team I thought was an interesting combo. The, the two guys that you think could step in at the second safety spot, Tarverius Moore and George Odom. Third team was Taylor Hawkins and Leon O'Neal. And take it as you as, as you may, Jason. I was reading Matt Barrows. He did a uh, mailbag on his article uh, yesterday, I believe it was. And he said he thought he saw Dante Johnson playing some safety but he is going to verify that at future practices. So take that as you may. But there's the safety that, at least as of the first OTA, Talanoa Hovanga has the, dare I say, inside edge. I don't know if it's quite the inside edge. Inside, outside, whatever is the one that is actually the, the advantage. Yeah, it's the inside edge, right? I guess we'll, we'll run with that. And, <laughs> and it makes sense because he, as I said, he is a, he's a high effort guy. And there's some value within that. He might not be the most skilled guy, but... High motor, that's going to get you spots. And I know there were some situations that that he was making mistakes last year. I want to say it was the Matt Stafford interception on the Monday night football game, the Jimmy Ward one. Was that the one where he blitzed where he shouldn't have? So there were still mistakes like that. That's the opening play. That's something that, that, again, now that's something that gets lost in the shuffle. And that's something that people who we are close to have kind of alerted us to. And, and again, when a play goes a certain way because it ended up being an incompletion, you kind of just say, well, whatever, great play yes. defense, but there are certain things that he needs to, the nuances, the little things it, were the things that he needs to work on. So good call. Yeah. So, so it makes sense that, that he's in there because he, he was the guy who stepped in when Joukowsky Tart was hurt last year. He was the guy who got those snaps. Tarverius Moore to me feels like he should be the leader in the clubhouse. Just, just based off he's been here longer. He knows the system a little bit better. And George Odom's an interesting one as well because he did have minimal safety play with the Colts. He has some experience. He was brought in more for special teams, but he does have that spot start ability. No surprises, though. I will say that. And while I do disagree with Hafunga being the, the number one guy as of right now, as of right now, it, it's it, it makes sense. He, he They drafted him. They used a pretty high draft pick on him. Um, <laughs> where are we at with Jason's hair? He's got a hat on. That, that's all we're at. But I haven't had a haircut Hufunga, in a very long time. No, I mean, for I mean, actually, I had a haircut to way off topic. First ever haircut of my life two weeks ago where I didn't just get a buzz cut. So throw that, take that as you may. I, I'm fine with Hufanga at the first spot right now. If he earns it, 100%, he's going to be the guy. And I hope to see steps in his game. I hope you see improvement because he has that at the line ability. If he can grow in coverage, he'll be a damn good safety in the NFL. So I think it was very interesting to see him be the the first number two safety there is. So there you go. Well, here's the thing. Talano Hufanga can absolutely be a successful safety in this league, but he has to win in a different way. There's guys that can win with straight-up athletics and their athletic profile, and there's guys that win with smarts. The thing about winning with smarts is, is you can't have any missteps if you aren't as fast. What I mean by that is, Hufanga has to put in more work in terms of what people are going to do to him, route combinations, things like that. And he can't take any missteps because if he misses a step and has to get back, he doesn't have the speed that Tarverius Moore does to close on those certain things. 
There are guys who play with instinct and win differently in this league without straight line speed and, and get back speed. That's fine. But Hufanga has to do that because he's not as fast. Now, does that mean that he can't be successful? No. But that is a concern of mine. That's all. But it, it makes sense for him to get the first reps because he doesn't need to learn the system. He's in it. And it's clear this front office and this team likes him because they have been forcing him on the field, putting him out there as much as they can. So it's not like they're just doing this because they're like, oh, well, we have to play Ufanga. No, they really want to get this guy on the field because they like what he brings. He just needs to learn a little bit more. He needs to understand that you can't take any missteps because you don't have the athletic ability to get back on things. And it happened in the Arizona game. It happened in the Minnesota game. happened in Cincinnati. You have to learn that you have to be disciplined. You have to know what's coming at you. And the smarter you get is the better that you'll get at things like that. Yeah, exactly. I I, I really hope Fonga takes these strides. I'm I'm very much team just bring back Tart, but I 100% I, I want Talano Hufanga to prove me wrong. That's what I want. I think that's anytime, Jason, you and I say things about, you know, players that aren't exactly the most positive, we want to be proven wrong, right? We absolutely want to be proven wrong. Yeah. And I hope Talano Hufanga is a guy you absolutely can cheer for just because I say he has, you know, shortcomings in coverage and, and all that stuff doesn't mean I'm not cheering for him. He He was the second half of the most important play of the season last year. He's the guy who recovered the block punt to score the touchdown. He was in the, there, there is a skill to being in the right place at the right time. And and that's what he's shown. He is that high motor guy. Who's going to put himself in good positions. It's just now more so knowing where he needs to be that type of things and learning the coverage. So I'm excited to see what Talanoa Hufanga can become. Andrew, let's, uh, let's take a break real quick from all of this knowledge that we're just spitting on people. And Josh Thomas, your lick wants to know better Ehrlich. beard, Jason or Andrew. I'm gonna vote Andrew, but drop it in the chat. Who do you think between the two of us has a better beard? A I, it's just Andrew's is so luscious. He looks like Tormund. Uh, I've been I've been in my Game of Thrones bag. He lo- he looks like Tormund the Wildling uh, a little bit more yes. than I do. Yeah, oh. I, I, I'm. I'm getting, I just finished. I'm getting, I just finished season seven, episode four. Five, okay, four or well, five. I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. I'm almost there. But, but Torment, I love say, Torment. Good guy. Yeah, Torment. Torment has a great beard, and he's looking yes. for Brianna Tarth. That, that's like one of the funniest subplots of of the entire show. For me, my my beard is now coming along because I've taken taken away. My, I've I've gone on hiatus from getting a haircut every single week now. Because I'm letting the hair grow and I'm going to go and I'm going to get one glorious fade and fix it all up and then fix the beard. So look out, pop out next week with a new haircut. Right now the beard is a work in progress. Andrew, Andrew's beard is just so connected everywhere that I, I just have a tough time overcoming that in my opinion. I, I let the hair down to give me more of a torment look as well. So just for that. I, I like Jason's beard because it's cleaner. I just keep mine lazy. That, that's all it is. Like the neck's all met. The, the nice thing about the length, though, is I can keep the neck dirty. So that that's exciting. We, we're talking about beards. I love it. Sprint Red Option Podcast. Subscribe anywhere you can. YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple, uh, Google. Google's another one you could listen to. Yeah. Make sure you do that because this is a great podcast. Give us five stars on Apple as well if you haven't already. We, we like those stars. Let's talk about running backs now. That's a, that's an interesting position. Elijah Mitchell uh, rehabbing his knee still. The rotation was Jeff Wilson, Jamichael Hasty, Trey Sermon, Tyrion Davis-Price, and Jordan 
Mason. I thought it was interesting to Jamichael Hasty was higher up in the rotation than Trey Sermon. I don't know the exact distribution on the plays. I just know what the rotation was. And I kind of had an epiphany, Jason Aponte. As a kid in 2003, 2004, and Josh Thomas Ehrlich, one of my lifelong friends, he was commenting about our beards. He can vouch for this. I was a big Val- Falcons fan. I, I was a big Michael Vick, Vick guy. I, I liked Because, you know, when you're at that age, it's more the players you're cheering for than the team. Sure, I had a Michael Vick jersey. I bought his sneakers, and I used them in Madden and, and dominated. Yes. You remember Michael Vick Warwick Dunn and TJ Duckett, how Vick had the ability to run out of the quarterback position. Warwick Dunn was a little quicker, and TJ Duckett was that that middle line, the, the, the short yardage guy. Trey Lance, Elijah Mitchell, Tyrion Davis Price. How about that? I think that ah. obviously, obviously, I'm not saying Trey Lance is going to get to Michael Vick's ability, rushing ability, because I don't think any quarterback in NFL history will get to that point. Lamar Jackson's the closest Michael Vick by a hair, probably because nostalgia, right? We love Michael Vick. But I, I see that potential here. Tyrion Davis Price, he's a guy who can run between the tackles. He's that short yardage guy. Maybe, maybe he's the guy. My my joke is, is he's he's the guy replacing Jimmy Garoppolo's QB sneaks because that was one of Garoppolo's best abilities. I, I, I think there's something there. I, I like the addition of that physical runner, and we had it a little bit. I know Alfred Morris wasn't great with the Niners, but the Niners haven't really had a physical between the tackles runner in a bit. And I think that's something they've needed. I'm excited to see what Tyrion Davis price is. But as I said, the thing I thought was most interesting was Jamichael Hasty behind Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon at the third spot. I think the Niners are going to carry quite a bit of running backs this year. I'm going to re I'm going to go back on my Trey Sermon being the surprise guy missing the roster. I could see them having five running backs plus Kyle Juszczyk just because of the, the options Kyle Shanahan's going to have. And maybe there's a guy that surprises us. You said Hasty might miss the 53-man roster. He could. But I think with what they have in the running back room, especially with how much he had to rely on Elijah Mitchell last year, I absolutely, I, I absolutely could see Shanahan carrying five running backs plus Juszczyk. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's it's the second day of OTAs, the first day of media. So Jeff Wilson being the number one doesn't mean that he's going to be here at, at cut time. Yeah. And J- Michael Hasty being right behind him doesn't mean that he's going to be here. Yes. What it means is those are the most experienced guys. You mm-hmm. don't throw the rookie out there right away. Yep. And again, I'll go back to training camp. And I feel like I just want to stop saying this because it's it's become too much of an annoyance. When I was at training camp last year... Trey Sermon started. He was the first running back out there. And we know how quickly that goes. So think about that. That's during training camp, getting ready to go to the season. Now we're talking about OTAs. Right now, again, this is an indicator, but it's not anything that is final in any way. Jordan Mason had a big run in in, in, uh, OTAs. It was the one that everybody was talking about. The biggest play pass-wise was Nate Sudfeld to Malik Turner. Now, is Nate Sudfeld going to take over and start? No. Is Malik Turner going to make the team? No. I don't know. No. Stop disrespecting Sudfeld, baby. Wake up, honey. New Sudfeld dart. But it's it's for me, again, it's exciting to talk about actual football. It's exciting to talk about pecking orders. It does give you a peek into who Kyle trusts. And we know Mm -hmm. Kyle trusts. And if he trusts you, then you're going to play over somebody that 
doesn't matter how many people scream, you should be playing this person. I trust this person. But right now, I'm not trying to overreact right now to the running back room or anything like that. And if the 49ers do, like Andrew believes, carry five guys, that means that there's going to be a defensive lineman that's really good that's not going to meet this team. There's going to be a safety or a secondary member that's really good that's not going to meet this team. But if you look at that on the positive side, because we're being positive, and we're not positive. talking about anything anything that's that's not positive. Nothing this negative goes show, going on. It goes to show how deep this roster is, how yes. deep your roster is, and how many good players are going to make this 53 roster. And unfortunately, there's going to be some good players that are not going to make this roster just from a numbers crunch and not because they're not good at football. So, The Niners are a very deep team, and there's going to be some names that – I absolutely see people on Twitter being upset about getting cut and it has nothing to do with their abilities. It's just, it's more so that's how top heavy the Niners are. And, you know, name a name that, that could get cut that, you know, Kerry Hyder could be one of those guys, right? We love Kerry Hyder on this podcast, but he could just with how deep the defensive line is, he could be a name that gets cut. So things like that. I don't think he will be, but just, just for example, Ross Dwelly could be cut. A lot of names that were used who can get cut and has nothing to do with the quality of those players. More so, the Niners have a really deep roster. They probably have the best roster in the NFC West right now. Awesome. And, and that just that just shows how deep they are. So it, it's it's going to be a tough decision. Jason and I, we're going to be able to hypothetically speak about what we think these, these decisions are going to be. But Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch, those, type, those guys, they're going to have to make these very, very tough decisions. And yeah, it, it is the first week of OTAs, and it is overreaction season but this is it's overreaction season because this is the first time we're getting this type of information jeff wilson's not going to be the first running back trace or yeah running back i thought i said quarterback trace sermon might be the second running back by the time the regular season comes around jermichael hasty could be the second running back by the time the regular season comes around we don't know yet but this is the first bit of information we're getting talano hufunga might not be the starting safety we don't know that so yes are there a lot of hot take overreactions in this right now absolutely but because we finally have information we can use to apply to what we think the 2022 Niners are going to look like so it's very exciting this is a very exciting time because the team is finally on the field and we're going to get more answers in two or three weeks in the middle of June that was a very loud bang that just happened sorry it took me by surprise I think it was a truck anyway but my point being this is our first bit of information. We're going to be more knowledgeable in three weeks when the actual required mandatory attendance training camp start. I believe it's June 13th off the top of my head. That sounds Man- right. Mandatory right. mini camp. And mandatory mini camp. Yes. Yeah. And then training camps after that. Mm-hmm. So we'll get, we'll get more information there, but this is the first bit of information we have. And it's pretty exciting to actually talk about finite real life things we could talk about. So I got a couple secondary notes, just kind of players here or there. And then we'll dive into the press conference stuff, if that's okay with you, Jason. Kyle Shanahan, I, I, I love it. I, I can't wait to dissect that. There's so much in there. Go for it. So much there. So I see a lot of people asking about Samuel Womack. I'll start with him. I had a note. He uh, lined up at both outside corner and slot with the second team. And, and I don't know what that means right now, but what that does mean is he's giving himself as many opportunities to make this roster and play on this team. And at a position that's going to have a lot of rotation, Samuel Womack, could I, I mean being used at the slot and corner it, it's it's going to put him in a spot to make it more likely to be on this team and then that's exciting if you can get a guy just like the offensive line if you can get a guy who is versatile in that secondary it's just going to give him more opportunities to play and right now 
I, I, I obviously a week into it, Jason, so it doesn't mean anything. He'll likely make this roster just based off that versatility. So, so there's that for Samuel Womack. That's the note I had. I saw people asking about it in the comments. You already mentioned the uh, Malik Turner deep catch with Nate Sudfeld. Uh, Danny Gray went 0 for 2 on deep plays. Not too worried about it, but just to give you the thought of how they're going to use him, he's he's the fastest receiver on the team right now. Niners need a guy that can help stretch the field out. Danny Gray's your guy. Jawan Jennings had a drop and then had the best play of the day. Uh, apparently he made a catch, a high point catch from Trey Lance. Uh, Toby, thank you for the donation again. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for answering my question. I drive a truck for a living, so it's nice to hear you guys talk about my favorite team. Hey, thank we you, appreciate Toby. You. Appreciate thank you. you. And and stay safe in your truck while you're listening to us. That's above all what we what we worry about. But thank you so much for your generosity, bro. Really appreciate it, man. Um, I I cannot overstate how much uh, your generosity is, is appreciated. And then the last little note I had from practice, uh, Quantrez Knight. I'm gonna give you a lot of updates on him. I'm a big believer in him just for his name, football name. name. Uh, he intercepted Brock Purdy on the last play of practice. So take that as you may. There were my little miscellaneous notes I uh, took from first day of OT or Tuesday OTAs. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Samuel Womack, I think that's the one that I got a question about who would be the nickel corner. Darkeese Denard was the guy who got most of the first team reps. And mm-hmm. I think that was a little bit of shock because people, again, you're forgetting who's on this roster. Do not discount Dante Johnson either at all. And I know that people don't want to hear that, but Again, drafted by this team. They like him a lot. Who knows what's about to happen? But Womack was my surprise in terms of who could start at nickel corner. I mean, when you look at some of his numbers in college, he fits the profile. He he can play very well. And again, there's still this little nugget, and this is a good transition into Kyle Shanahan because Kyle Shanahan did discuss this player. There's still this little notion that you should keep in the back of your mind. Jason Verrett can be at training camp. And if Jason Verrett is Jason Verrett, Jason Verrett starts, Charverius Ward starts, and Emmanuel Mosley gets kicked into the nickel position. And I would say that's a win-win-win and probably best-case scenario for this secondary, in my opinion. Perfect. So let, before we dive into the um, Kyle Shanahan press conference and other things that were said, Way off topic. So I don't know if you saw this. Tommy Pham and Jock Peterson got into a bit of a scuffle before the Reds-Giants game today. What happened today? According to multiple sources, the beef stems from a disagreement the two had in a fantasy football league, including players from several teams. No, that can't um, be real. That's, that's that, the, that, the the athletic is reporting it. Andrew Baggerly just said you won't believe this. Tommy Pham was upset at Jock Peterson over their fantasy football league. That's Jock Peterson that's and Tommy Pham are fighting. Nope, that is what the athletic is reporting. Is they on got an argument <laughs> on a day that I have literally texted our group chat because I was invited to Scott Fishbowl and it was literally. <laughs> The best moment of my life that I'm going to be in Scott Fishbowl, finally, after four years of applying, that is literally the funniest thing I've ever heard in my life. I hope that's true. I really hope that's true. I'll tell you this. I play in some fantasy football leagues, and it's for money, sometimes big money. Sometimes this is money that I'm counting on because I play with you know some of my friends who I dominate, but they always tell me, oh, this is my year, this is my year. But I, it gets a little heated. 
It's so crazy to hear professional baseball players talking about fantasy football leagues. That is so good, Andrew. Great nugget right there. That's so that's, good. That's hilarious, and I love it. All right, let's get into the Kyle Shanahan press conference. And I'm going to divulge a little bit uh, off of the Shanahan press conference just because of the topic. Quote, I expect at some time he will be traded, but it's not a guarantee. It went on hold when the surgery happened on Jimmy Garoppolo. There's your answer. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know what else we need to say. And if, if that didn't convince you enough, and this is where I'll, I'll divulge or I'll, I'll go off topic to the Shanahan presser. Brian Greasy said he hasn't talked to Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I think that's a, not a great sign that a potential starting quarterback hasn't talked to the quarterback coach sense, yet. Though. It makes sense. But for the people who still think Garoppolo has a spot on this roster, not, not ideal in, in that sense. And then take this one as you may. George Kittle said he hasn't spoken to Garoppolo since the season ended, but he also added it's just Jimmy G. He does his own thing in the offseason. So it sounds like that's just something Garoppolo does with Kittle. So take that as you may. So thoughts real quick on the Garoppolo before we actually get into the more pieces of the the – Kyle Shannon press conference. There's a split coming. Jimmy Garoppolo is in a purgatory where he's on a roster, not on a roster, and he's actually trying to find his new way. And I will, as I made the same sort of, I guess, I don't know what the word is, comparison on the Locked On 49ers thing. You're going through a breakup. You want the best for that ex that you have. But I don't want to hear that you're riding around with a new man who's treating you very well in a nice new car and taking care of you. I want the best for you, but I'm not going to reach out and hear that. So I may block you from my social media. I may not reach out and talk. I don't want to hear that. So there's a little bit of that. One thing that I want to point out, too, is Jimmy Garoppolo, we forget the human element that is going on right now with Jimmy Garoppolo. Everybody wants to point to, well, he's a millionaire. You know, money helps. It doesn't fix. And Mm -hmm. what if Jimmy Garoppolo is not advancing in his rehab as quickly as he wants to and you forget the mental aspect of trying to come back from things like that yes so picture this you're jimmy garoppolo you've been to a super bowl two nfc championship games you've had the best time of your life with this team and now you've been pushed out the door and no one's talking about you anymore almost like someone asked you to train your replacement and he's gonna replace you In a nine-to-five, you would say no to that. In the NFL, it's a business thing. So I think we're forgetting the human element with Jimmy Garoppolo. A lot of people are going to pile on. I am choosing not to do that because I am – and you know where I'm going with this and you know what I'm talking about. The human element of players has been up at the forefront at this point. So I am not going to let everybody talk about one person's human feelings and then forget about someone else's. So with Jimmy Garoppolo, there's a lot more going on than this. So when George Kittle says he hasn't reached out, Brian Greasy says he hasn't reached out, why would he? Because of all of those things that I just mentioned. There's a human element to this. And for a little bit, I do feel bad for Jimmy Garoppolo. I know that that that's not a popular sentiment. I do feel bad. Picture having your best time of your NFL career starting with this team. And now you've been, even though the writing's been on the wall, shoved out the door. And now you have to watch like like Croc said on Locked On, like Squidward, pa- Patrick and SpongeBob are running and you're watching out the window. This can't be easy for Jimmy Garoppolo. No. So that's why I feel bad for him. But there's a lot of things going on that I feel like people are forgetting when it comes to this. 
And yeah, and that's my thing is, is a lot of people I know the fun thing is to, to slander, not slander, but slander Jimmy Garoppolo for his play on the field. When he handled last year with the, the utmost class, right? He, he answered every question that was put in front of him. He handled it well. He, he handled the whole situation, I thought, perfectly. And a kind of an apples-to-apples situation, you have Ryan Tannehill outright saying, it's not my job to make sure Malik Willis is ready. And and I know I know Jimmy it's not Jimmy Garoppolo's job to make sure Trey Lance is ready or anything like that but we never once had any type of situation like that with Jimmy Garoppolo so yeah I, I absolutely this is a tough situation for Jimmy Garoppolo to be in he not only played with this team for four years but he was very successful and and, and he helped get this team to a Super Bowl two NFC Championship games when he was healthy. So it, it's a tough situation, I, and for for Shanahan to be this outright about it—that hey, I expect some time he's going to be traded—that's really the most open they've been about it, right? Like, yes, and and Shanahan is piggybacking off of what he said at the owners' meeting, and for him to say, "I expect that he gets traded," and then we just talked about Trey Lance having this aura of "it's my job." Look, guys. If you were one of those people that were like, ha ha, I'm going to laugh at you when Jimmy's the quarterback one, we're not making fun of Jimmy Garoppolo, kind of making fun of you at this yes. point, just because you you should have known that there was no way that this was going to happen, especially after Jimmy Garoppolo has a farewell press conference. Thank you, faithful. You trade what you trade for Trey Lance. So we're not making fun of Jimmy Garoppolo. No. It's more about those people that like to give a shit on Twitter. And talk really crazy about, I can't wait to laugh at you when Jimmy... Well, yeah. guess what? I'm trying not to be petty. Really, like, my petty hand is like, I'm looking at it like my spidey sense is going off about being petty. But I'm going to take the high road. So, not the not the highest road, but the road above the, the low road, the petty road. I'm, I'm on that road right now. But don't get out of pocket with me because I will pull everyone's card. Sorry. Tommy Fam, Tommy Fam slapped Jock Peterson, Will Smith style. Apparently, reports reports be saying. So there, there there's over your transgression for, over fantasy football. Okay, so it. yeah, there, there, there's the Garoppolo talk. Listen, the writing's been on the wall. Sorry, the reports are coming in as we're talking, and it's just like more and more crazy. The writing's been on the wall for Garoppolo, and that that's what it is, and, and it has nothing to do with with his on the field. I mean, probably part of it does, right? That, that's just what it is. The Niners felt they, they had a better opportunity, especially when they traded up to three to get a guy who can lead this team better. They went after, got him. And what's, what's more irresponsible than, than burning one year of a rookie contract at quarterback position, burning two. And, and that's just kind of what it is. It's the business part of it. It's tough. It is what it is at this point. If the shoulder surgery didn't happen, or if the shoulder surgery didn't happen, we're not talking about it right now because Jimmy Garoppolo's on the commanders. Jimmy Garoppolo's on the Colts. Jimmy Garoppolo's wherever he is. And we're fully focused on Trey Lance. And that, that's where it is. The the other conversation point, Debo Samuel, Kyle Shanahan said he believes the relationship between the team and Samuel can get back to normal. I, I don't know what else he was gonna say. And he also, the point that I'm going to look at, he said that he believes it'll get done and he feels stronger than he did with his initial comments. So, again, look, guys, Debo's out of options. 
it's either take the bag now from the team that you were slighted from or a little bit earlier on, but you're out of options. You can't hold out. You can't do anything at this point. Take the money. The, 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 I guess, I guess the butterfly effect at this point really is we need the Jimmy Garoppolo ball to drop before the Debo Samuel ball drops at this point, really. That that's what it is. So right. once, once one happens, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the other happens not too far after Debo Samuel has every right to not show up to OTAs. He's he, that, that's what it is. It's a power play. So that, that's really all I got on the Debo Samuel situation because it really Shanahan didn't offer anything too deep. Our chat is lit right now, man. Uh, I, I gotta say, shout out, shout out to everybody in the chat, man. We, um, we love you guys. And, shout and out if to everybody new, watching this, if, yeah. if you're new here, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Go find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. That's Sprint Right Option Podcast. Be sure to do that because we would love it and we appreciate it. Aziz Alshair had shoulder and knee surgery in the offseason. Niners are getting him prepared for the start of training camp. Kinlaw and McGlinchey are also expected to be ready for training camp, both ahead of schedule. And the 49ers are hoping Jason Verrett will be cleared for training camp. Those were the last updates I had with I had one the Kyle Shannon press conference, and I wanted to see what you had as well because those are just injury updates. Yeah, so the Alex Mack thing, it, it was really interesting to hear Kyle Shanahan say, you know, I've spoken with him after his wedding, his honeymoon, he's in another country. I know what's going on. Kind of felt reminiscent and how spicy Kyle was in this entire media availability. It's like, dude, it's day two of OTAs. Are you already upset at everybody at this point? I think he's just tired of answering the same questions over and over. But he said, I know what's going on. Basically, they're leaving it up to Mack. If you were asking me and he said, I feel that you guys know what's going on, I don't think Mac's coming back. And I think that what that meant was he's allowing Mac to announce it on his own terms whenever it is that he wants. And if you guys believe, and I have to backtrack a little bit on, on a take that I had on the last podcast about, well, Alex Mack is leaving the 49ers twisting in the wind. I got to backtrack because for me, at first, it's, well, it's so late in the process, but you don't think that Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are sitting there like, well, if he doesn't come back, what are the options? And they've clearly vetted those things out. Kyle feels at peace with it. And I think that we're going to find out pretty soon that Alex Mack doesn't come back. Do I want him to come back? Yes. Does that mean that they call up J.C. Treader? Maybe. Does that mean that they go with what they have in the building? Maybe. But I'm sure that they have a backup plan that they feel confident in. And if you're going off track record with Kyle Shanahan, because the center is so vital in this process, I would probably put my money on them going after J.C. Treader early on. After, once they find out what's going on with Alex Mack and he announces, and then they'll make that move, especially after June 1st. So we'll find out. But if I know something about Kyle Shanahan, he wants a veteran center, especially when you consider the rook that is back there now. So it's imperative that they get somebody in there who understands the system. JC Treader would fit like a glove perfectly, and he would be exactly what they tried to do with Alex Mack last year. Now, push comes to shove is it jake brendel is it daniel brunskill maybe that's somebody that's there maybe but i would kind of put my money on them bringing in treader at least at this point my timelines might be off treader and shanahan never had any intersection in cleveland no but they're the so treader was in the stefanski offense which is the stefanski offense is an offshoot of mike shanahan which is an offshoot of this it's it's all the same stuff he can fit perfectly he would slide right in Perfect. All right. So there you go. So yeah, JC Treader would make sense. And who knows, that might be another situation where the Garoppolo shoe has to fall before the Niners make a move on it because the Niners aren't operating with a ton of cap space. So there you go. 
Jason, do you have any other final OTA notes? I have one final, final one, but I really wanted to make it the final, final one because it was announced on Monday, I think. No, I don't. But it was uh, it was very good to see clips, to hear reports. All of those things were great. Now Sorry. we don't have to speculate as much. Unfortunately, the 49ers have restricted media availability for everyone where they're only going to be back until next Wednesday. So unfortunately... There's been more practices. Every time the 49ers social media team posts videos, we get really excited. And I do. I get hyped. I want more. Feed me more. But we won't know more from actual media members until next week when we find out what's going on uh, and and the pecking order. So that's going to be a very exciting time for that. So my last little note, and I think it was announced Monday or reported Monday, not announced. 49ers are expected to cut D Ford in June. Dead cap of 5.82 million in 22 and 23, and then a dead cap number of 920K from 24 to 26. Maybe a little bit of a surprise because of the, the dead cap number. Maybe you hold on to them just to, just to see, but it's not as much, especially considering they use their first pick on a guy who they're hoping can be what D Ford ideally could have been. That sentence made no sense, but there you got you understood what I was saying. Of course. So we'll see. Drake Jackson got quite a bit of snaps, especially uh, with the first team. So maybe maybe they feel like that that situation is is what what it is, and time to just put that to bed. I don't really have any thoughts outside of the Niners are planning to cut him. I just wanted to make sure it was touched on on this podcast in case you had anything you wanted to say about it. I do, and I don't want to talk down to people, but I am tired of seeing a narrative about D Ford on Twitter which is really annoying. D Ford's robbed the 49ers and he's sitting there laughing. Let me tell you something. D Ford would love to be playing the game that he actually wants to play that he loves. I'm, I promise you. And for you to say, well, he's happy he's getting paid. Yeah, sure. The money helps, but that does not fill the void of that competitiveness that he has. And I'm tired of people slandering a man who, didn't mean to be injured. No, nobody ever means to be injured. So when people are like, well, he's robbing them and he's not robbing them. That's their contract. That's how it goes. But I guarantee you, if you were able to speak to D Ford, he would love to fulfill his obligation to that contract and play the game that he loves. So I'm tired of hearing that narrative. I think it's very silly. And I think it's a bit of a juvenile take when it comes to what happens with football players. And there's lessons to be learned from this whole week. We know. These, this is one of them. Nobody wants to be injured. Nobody wants to be injured. And, and, and it's also too, it's not like it, it's a shoulder injury or an ankle or a wrist that, that kept them off the field. It's, it's a neck thing. And I don't think anybody wants to have like that. There's two, there's three body parts. You don't want to mess with injury wise, head, neck, and back. Yep. And, and, and yeah, to, to sit there and say D Ford robbed the Niners, what that's not the right way to look at it. Cause the night here's a little secret, Jason, the Niners gave him that contract. They chose to give him that money. So he just signed a piece of paper. So it, it, it yeah, man, the Niners, the thought was there. The thought was there to try and improve the night in San Francisco 49ers. It worked for a season if that, but you don't control it. And it's unfortunate that that he, his career is likely over at this point. I don't think too many teams are getting him a chance, especially with the neck injury. 
Um, so it, it's a bummer, and and for people to kind to treat them the way that the way the way they have is it's unfortunate for me. But that's okay. Let, let, let's end on a positive. I I don't know. I, I don't know where to go from there. Other football, than Andrew. That's a positive football. Football. Football's back, baby. Football is back. We're gonna say that about fourteen times before the season actually starts. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's exciting. We we have real on field things to talk about. We should absolutely have more information. You said Wednesday, right? That's when the media is available. Wednesday, next. I believe, is the day that everybody's going to be back in the building, and I will be glued to Twitter, trying to, mm-hmm. you know, figure out what we can. But yes, it, it would be it would be Wednesday, and it's just the way that the 49ers wanted to to do OTAs. Is it a little bit of secrecy because they want to install some stuff for Trey Lance? That's what I'm going to go with, and that's what I hope for. And that just means unleash that when you get a chance to unleash it. Because if anybody's ever been to training camp, you know that you can't video any of it. You yeah. can't do any of that. So, yeah, you know, that's- work on what you need to work on and and, and then just spring it on everybody uh, week one. Uh, and that's the way I'm going to look at it. We're going to continue to be positive and cheery because, damn it, football is actually here that we can actually speak about. Football, actual football with football players and pecking orders for – training camp and big position battles so that's what you should be excited about i'm juice man i i the the more you see those videos the more you realize it's getting closer and closer and before you know it the way time has been flying it will be training camp it'll be preseason it'll be week one before you know it and i i I cannot wait next thing you know we're going to be previewing week one that's insane coming up on year three of the podcast how wild is that year three year three is really when it clicks if you look at it, rookie year, you go through your bumps and bruises. Year two, you learn a little bit more. Year three is when it clicks and you become mm-hmm. that franchise quarterback, Andrew. That's all I, That's all we're looking to do this year. We've taken our reps. We're ready. We're comfortable in the offense. And we're ready to move this year, Andrew. Let's go. Hey, Jason Aponte, as always. Let's go Niners. Let's go Niners. <laughs>